Pure Dog Talk is the voice of purebred dogs. We talk to the legends of the sport and give you the tips and tools to create an awesome life with your purebred dog. From showing to preservation breeding, from competitive obedience to field work, from agility to therapy dogs, and all the fun in between, your passion is our purpose. Pure Dog Talk is proudly sponsored by Trupanion, medical insurance for pets. Through good times and bad, Trupanion is here for you. The Trupanion policy helps cover the cost of unexpected accidents and illness for your pets. The Trupanion team is still available, even in lockdown, 24-7, to help your pet. They also have a program dedicated to breeders, so you can send your litters home protected. Their breeder support program provides special offers that waive the waiting periods for your buyers. It's absolutely free for you to get started. Just sign up on the link at the website, puredogtalk.com. Don't forget, mention Pure Dog Talk sent you. Welcome to Pure Dog Talk. I am your host, Laura Reeves, and this is a super special episode of Pure Dog Talk. I have with me two very, very interesting and exciting and legendary guests. I have Jim Moses and I have Deborah Stern, and we are going to be talking about the German Shepherd Dog. And we have made two episodes, so I'm super happy. This gives me goosebumps, and this is a listener request. So all you listeners out there who said, please, 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 can we have more herding dogs? Can we have Jimmy Moses? We got you. I got your back. So welcome, you guys. I really appreciate you joining me today. Thanks for having us. We're thrilled to be here. Excellent. So exciting. So basically the way we usually do the podcast is I ask for everybody to give me their 411, right? Sort of their bio, sort of their introduction to themselves and how they became involved in dogs and noteworthy opportunities along the way. So Jim, would you like to start or Deborah, would you like to start? Who wants to go first? Go ahead, Jim. <laughs> ladies first. <laughs> ladies first. Okay. I'm good with ladies first. Deborah, you go. All right. So I received my first German Shepherd when I was about two years old and it was a reject from Guide Dogs in Minnesota. Don't know what he was rejected for, but he happened to be the most amazing dog in the whole world. And set me on a path to having dogs for the last, gosh, 65 years. And you are president of the German Shepherd Dog Club of America, am I right? I am president of the German Shepherd Dog Club of America. I am also a licensed judge of German Shepherds and have bred, owned, and competed in German Shepherds for the last 48 years. I show dogs in herding. I show dogs in obedience, in rally, in agility, and I've had tracking dogs. I've had many best-in-show dogs and have owned some of the most beautiful dogs, I think, in the world, <laughs> our German <laughs> Shepherd. <laughs> well, there you go. And of course, our dogs are always the best. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's really, really, really awesome to hear you talk about the variety of venues that you compete in. German Shepherd dogs, to me, the shepherd is like the ultimate versatile dog. When I look at them, I think of all the things they can do. And I am always blown away, specifically kind of across the board in herding breeds. We think it's a big deal in my breed. You get a dual champion. I see herding breeds with like quintuple champions. And I think, oh my God, <laughs> like how does anybody have that much time? <laughs> you 
know, I always say to people that it really is just one foot in front of the other. It's just a matter of starting. Mm. And once you start, you begin to learn. And one of the things, and as you said, our German Shepherd is the most versatile dog in the world. It's the only dog that is trained in multiple venues and actually performs not just in performance or companion sports, but as a working dog. So when a dog is trained, for example, for the police force, he's not just trained in attack work. He's probably also trained in his discrimination of drugs. He's also possibly trained in discrimination of incendiaries, like bombs, things like that. Mm-hmm. He can be trained in multiple venues. And at the same time, he can go out and search for a young child and find that child and be gentle when he finds it. So he can do all of these things. We have a wonderful, wonderful program at our national specialty, and it is called the Phyllis Dobbs Versatility Award. Oh, nice. And basically, all of the dogs are entered in multiple venues, and they compete in those venues. And of course, their points are then added together to produce the most versatile dog at that show. And actually, we happen to be privileged to have won that with one of our dogs the first year that it was available. And it really, really proves that they can do so many things and do it well, not just do it, but do it. Right. Not just do it, but do it well. Yeah. Right. Okay. Jim, I think it's your turn. I would like you to give us your 411, a little background about yourself for the two people out there in the country that don't know who you are. (laughs) Well, I don't remember my life without having the German Shepherd dog. I finished my first champion when I was 13, and German Shepherds have been my life ever since. I handled dogs for quite a few years. I retired about eight years ago, and now I judge. I judge five and a half groups. And, you know, as long as I'm physically able, I intend to just keep pursuing the judging part of it now. I still breed occasionally, and I can speak for whatever Deb said about the breed. It is the greatest breed, and in my memory, I can't remember a time without having them. And I'm going to continue to have a German Shepherd dog. I appreciate your modesty and your humility, Jim. I wonder if you could share for our listeners some of your personal favorite highlights from your career when you were showing Shepherds. Well, the dog show sport has been really good to me, and I've been fortunate to be entrusted with some of the more famous German Shepherds in the history of the breed. I also had very good mentors when I first started. That's very important. I was around the right people. I handled a dog to best in show at Westminster Kennel Club. I also handled the dog to best in show at the largest show ever in the United States, the AKC Centennial that had well over 7,000 entries. So, you know, I've been successful at Westminster quite a few years and winning the herding group there. You know, I actually won the very first herding group there and had really good luck. Oh, when it broke from the working group, right? Right. I won the first herding group that was presented there. Which dog was that, Jim? Kobe Tucker Hills Manhattan. It was Hatter. Okay. I thought it probably was just timing-wise, but I wanted to make sure. He's also the dog that won the AKC Centennial. Yes. I also had the privilege and honor to show a German Shepherd dog, a female by the name of Champion Altana's Mystique. And she still is the top winning, best in show winning dog of any breed or of any sex in the world. And she's in Guinea's Book of Records. I purchased her for Jane Firestone. And unfortunately, Jane died 
oh, maybe eight months, nine months before Mystique's career was ended. And I was the recipient of Mystique and Jane's will, but I never did change it out of her name. She was so good to this breed and spent so much time, effort, and money just to show what a good German Shepherd was to the general public that I finished her career in Jane's name and Mystique passed away at our home at 13. Yeah, I think Hatter definitely and Mystique, two of the iconic dogs in dogdom of the late 20th century. For me as a kid growing up in the late 70s, early 80s and on through, those were the names that we heard out in dog show land. <laughs> I was well known in German Shepherds because that was my love and they usually got my preference. But as a handler, I probably put best in shows on 25 to 35 different breeds. But mm-hmm. the only time my main dog wasn't a German Shepherd, and there were some years that I would special, my number one dog would not be a German Shepherd. But that was only if I at that time didn't have one available to me that I felt really represented our breed the way it should. And you've made a bit of a mark in poodles, too, if I can remember miniatures, yes? My first best in show, my mother bred many poodles, and my first best in show out in Western Circuit of Canada was a miniature. There you go. See, I don't think people ever make that connection. Yeah. When I first applied to judge, I think six of the breeds that I first applied for, I bred enough champions in those breeds. I bred quite a few best in show winners in a lot of different breeds, but German Shepherds have been my whole life. And so I'm going to do ladies first again, but I really, we spoke a little bit about the versatility, but Deborah and then Jim again, specifically about the breed, what drew you in, what kept you there, what piece of it for people out there in the sport who aren't necessarily familiar with a German Shepherd dog other than to see it fly around the ring at the end of Jimmy's leash? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that the most important part of the German Shepherd and the thing that I fell in love with as a child is the fact that they had complete dedication to me and always wanted to please. They're probably the most biddable dog that I know of. And by that, I mean, they want to do your bidding. No matter what it is you ask of them, they are ready in a second to do that work. So once they've learned how to do that bidding, they're willing, anxious, and desire to constantly please. And so I think that that's probably the most important part of the German Shepherd. And the other component is they work so well in the family. I've raised three children. They have been there during the birthing process, learning about the birds and the bees. They have been there in the whelping box. They've slept in with the dogs while they were whelping. They have raised my children Many, many of our dogs have gone on to be therapy dogs where we attend different schools with small children, large children. We've been to high schools, grammar schools, and so on. They want to be a part of people. They're very attentive to the children and very much appreciative of being with the kids. So I think that that's a big part of the German Shepherd dog, their family life. But the other part is they're able to work not only with me as the primary trainer, so to speak, but they also love to work in the junior program with children. They love to show for other children. They love to do things for other people as well. 
And so I think that just makes them a very amenable breed. They're right. very outgoing and very loving. Nice. All right, Jim, what about you? Well, everything Deborah said is absolutely correct. It's also a breed that can be used in the North Pole and a week later in the South Pole. They adapt. They'll grow their coat very quickly. They're under coat or they'll drop it very quickly. Interesting. As far as the personality of this breed, it's unbeatable. I'm sure there's some breeds that may be as good that I haven't spent time with. But, you know, I've gotten dogs, and usually I waited to special a dog until it was in their prime. And, you know, I'd get a three to three-and-a-half-year-old dog into my home that I'd seen it, obviously, or he wouldn't be coming to my place. And after a week's time, I mean, I would just do everything with that dog. After a week's time, I couldn't go to the bathroom without that dog. He'd be right in there with me. And if not, he'd be very unhappy sitting right outside the bathroom door letting me know. It's a breed that gets devoted to their owners and their owner's family. Their personality is great with a good German Shepherd. I mean, that's unbeatable. And they do anything in the world possible for you. You know, different breeds were bred for different purposes. But as an all-around working, herding family dog, and as well as a family guardian, you have everything in a German Shepherd dog. There are certain types of fields that maybe you would get a specific animal for. But even as a teenager, I hunted with my German Shepherd. Oh, really? How fun. I was born and raised in Western New York, and I had two Shepherds at the time as a teenager. And they go pheasant hunting. It didn't take them long to learn to flush them and to retrieve them. That is awesome. I love that. I mean, I come from bird dogs. So I love that you taught your shepherd to go pheasant hunting. I think that is fabulous. I just think that is the best. Hang tight, guys. Got a little bit of information for you. We'll be right back to the podcast in a minute. All right, folks. 2020 has, to put it mildly presented some challenges for all of us. You know, the good news, our patrons' numbers are still growing, almost daily. I truly, truly cannot thank all of you enough for your support. It's been overwhelming. And for those of you who've had to reassess your budgets, please know, I totally get it. And I will always be grateful for your belief in this program and the power of great content. Like the NPR of dogdom, Pure Dog Talk is here for you every day to make sense out of everyday things, to add nuance to your understanding and tools to your tack box, to bring history to life and propel the living history of purebred dogs into the future. Our patrons make all of this possible. The funds are specifically designated only for overhead. They literally keep the MP3s rolling. Meanwhile, the patrons-only After Dark Facebook Live and Zoom meetings each month truly have been a fabulous success. Conversation, support, laughter, some education, some mentorship, lots of encouragement, and even, randomly, the occasional adult beverage. So click the link at www.puredogtalk.com and become a patron today. Your small contribution helps make a huge voice for purebred dogs. Jim, you were talking, and I think it's really such a fabulous breed, and it is so, I think, out there in nature. 
misunderstood. And so I wonder if we can talk about the history of the breed, the purpose of the breed, how and why they were developed in Germany, and some of what they've been developed for here in the States. Do you want to start with that, and then we'll go to Deborah? The very first thing, Captain von Stefanitz created this breed as a tending herding dog, which is completely different than what the average person thinks of a herding dog. The German Shepherd dog's job was to move huge flocks of sheep, and they had to go right through town. They had to pass other farmers' fields. So German Shepherd dogs were a living fence. They would make sure the flock stayed together, and they would move that flock. Once the flock had to be moved to a, a new pasture, they would do that. They'd make sure no strays got out into another farmer's food plot and grazing where they shouldn't be. And they actually moved the whole herd from one place to another. That doesn't mean that you can't use a German shepherd to sort sheep and do the rest. Mm-hmm. They're also good at that, but there are some breeds that were bred specifically for those reasons, different herd breeds. Right. Very early in the, in the creation of this breed, although von Stefanitz, early in the beginning of the breed, the, the original intent was attending herding dog, he also wanted dogs good character, good temperament, protective instincts to not only guard the sheep, but to guard the farmer and the farmer's family. Mm-hmm. And also very early, they showed such good versatility. They were using the arms forces, the police departments. I mean, this is a breed that can and does do everything. Right. And you're saying that was from the beginning, even when they were just moving livestock, they were also doing some of these other projects. When herding and working went to two different groups, mm-hmm. the parent clubs had a choice within reason, whether you wanted to go working or herding. Right. Well, maybe for the first several years of development, this was a herding dog, but it was very early in the history of this breed that they did multiple things and did them multiply well. The parent club at the time, I guess I don't remember any longer I was a member at the time, but I don't remember if it was a vote or a board vote or a general member vote. We chose the herding group, but you're saying herding versus working in a very short time period of this breed's origination. Right. That's a really fascinating conversation. Deborah, you're president of the club now, What's your memory or thought on this particular question? Because this is really interesting. I had never considered. Okay. So when I think of the German Shepherd, something that we've always been very involved in and obviously is showing in performance, breed, etc. But one of the things that we have felt a priority in our breeding program is to breed dogs that end up working in the service field. So whether it be for guide dogs or whether it be a diabetic alert dog or whether it be a dog that's used by a veteran, maybe the veteran might have PTSD or maybe he has lost the use of a leg or an arm. So that dog makes up the difference and is trained to help that person and whatever his needs are. And one of the things that I might mention and we're speaking about today's dog, how it's come forward from von Stefanitz. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I might mention is Rumor, Rumor's dog that I own, Rumor has it, who won at Westminster. 
and Yukonuba, right. best in show. She had several litters, and many of those puppies have been placed in a service capacity. Yes. So while she might have been a show dog in her lifetime, she is still genetically predisposed to be able to have dogs that are great working dogs out of her and are able to perform in a service manner. And so many of the dogs that we've bred over the years, and one example, and I was reflecting on something that Jim said, one example is a dog that Jim actually bred that went on to be a service dog for a veteran. He had some damage to one of his legs and she helps him with his mobility. Another is a dog that I bred that has gone on to be a service dog for another veteran. Three tours in Afghanistan, this young man participated in. And Jim, you'll find this interesting. He still hunts with his dog. He doesn't hunt after birds, but he does hunt after other prey. And the dog actually goes with him and protects him when he's out hunting. An interesting thing. I didn't train the dog for that, but it ended up happening to do that. (laughs) Very, very sound temperament. Deborah, I think you make such a really, really important point here. And Jim was alluding to it as well. The concept that the German Shepherd dog, and truthfully, any good dog, any well-bred, reasonably bred dog, is a dog that can produce progeny that do the job they were designed to do and still be beautiful representatives of their breed. And that's the most important statement. I think that today we can maintain our breed type. We can still compete in the breed venue. We can still be champions. But on the other hand, we can still do all the things that we were bred to do and many, many more. We have many dogs that participate in all venues across the board. Jim and I happened to breed a dog. Jim bred the dog. I trained the dog who ended up being a best in show dog, a master agility champion eight times over. (laughs) He did tracking. He did herding. He had multiple herding titles. All of these things at the highest level. He did obedience, rally, and he was a therapy dog for 10 years. Wow. You know, participating with the public on a regular basis. And he was able to do all of that, always with a smile on his face and always wanted to do more. So they can do all of this. And he was not an exception to the rule, but he's just one of many that do that and that compete that way and produce progeny that go on to serve mankind. And I think that's the most important thing about the German Shepherd. There's never been a dog ever that has served mankind in so many ways and for so many years and excelled in so many venues. Absolutely amazing. I really, really have enjoyed this conversation. I think there's a lot of value and a lot of information here for people to take away. And thank you so much. Thank you again for joining us. This has been part one. Watch this space. Part two will be coming up in the next week or so. As always, if you have any questions or input, we'd love to hear from you. The show notes and links to resources on today's topic are available at puredogtalk.com. Drop us a note in the comments or email to laura at puredogtalk.com. Remember, guys, 
this podcast is for you. So if you want to know something, give me a holler. We'll do a podcast for you. If you wouldn't mind, you could help me out here. Take a couple minutes to visit iTunes and give us a review. The Dog Show Superintendents Association is a proud supporter of Pure Dog Talk. Our dog show superintendents are the hardworking people who make the dog show function. They are advocates for education and mentorship in the purebred dog fancy. So stop by the Supers desk at your next show. Tell them how much you love Pure Dog Talk and give them a shout out for their support. That's all for today. Thank you for joining us on Pure Dog Talk.